Today's show is sponsored by Sambucol. There's nothing more important than taking care of yourself. If you're not feeling your best, it's hard to be your best. Sambucol offers powerful immune support with nature's superfruit, black elderberry. My neighbor was the first person to tell me about black elderberry. She loves it so much that she even advertises elderberry on a sign in her front lawn. Nothing makes her feel better, she says. And Sambucol makes taking elderberry easy. I've been trying the elderberry gummies. They are extremely tasty. They almost taste like a dessert. I just add them to the vitamins that I take every morning. If you want to give it a try, you can get 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at sambucolusa.com. When you're there, use the promo code BITTERSWEET15. That's sambucol, spelled S-A-M-B-U-C-O-L, sambucolusa.com. And use the code BITTERSWEET15. Now, on to the show. Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And I'm joined today by Chelsea Hicks. She's a longtime listener to the show. And she's also going to introduce us to the concept, which we've touched on in the show, but have never delved into, of being a third culture kid, which is what she is. Uh, She's currently based in Arizona. Hi, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an truly my pleasure. (laughs) So can you tell us to start, what is a third culture kid for people who have never heard that term before? Yeah, absolutely. And it refers to adults as well as children. But essentially, it's it's so broad, it's even hard to explain. But (laughs) where your parents are from and where you grow up are vastly different. And that can show up in so many different ways. For myself, I was born in the United States. I have an American mother, but a French father, but I grew up living in the United States, Italy, France, and Canada. I think that's all of them. (laughs) Wow. So essentially it is, the one example you gave when you wrote to me is way back Mm -hmm. in the day, I think way back in season one or whatever, we had Mm -hmm. three sisters on who live in Orvieto and have American parents, but have actually never lived in America their entire lives. They've always been based in Italy or part of the time in Bali. So it's sort of like that. It's like you're never really grounded in whatever home, quote unquote, would be. Yeah, it messes with your idea of cultural identity because where you feel most comfortable might not be where you're from or where your parents are from. So you end up with this mishmash of cultures that you identify with. And I feel like I pick that up everywhere I have lived. And even in my adult life, like I only lived in Hawaii for four years as an adult, but I still feel like the cultural parts that I picked up from there. So that's also now part of my identity. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. And then does that mean that since you've lived in so many different places, that equally so some of those places do not fit into your identity? Like they feel wrong somehow? Yeah, most definitely. Um, There's things that I didn't realize I didn't fit in in the United States in some ways, even though I've spent a good portion of my life here. 
I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. And I'll go back to France and I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. Because I identify with that more on that particular subject than I do in the United States. Do you have a good um, example? Um, I always appreciated um, with my French family, time spent around the table and really discussing things not rushing through a meal, table manners are important, just the whole ritual of it, I really identify with where not to say that people don't do that in the United States, but it's not as culturally important. And I'm sure you saw that a bit in Rome as well, where it's like families all around the table, enjoying food, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you might be there hours. So that's something that I would like to see more in my life. But when you have a 30 minute lunch at work and everyone's eating at a different time, you're like, Oh, it'd be really nice to have a little chat while I enjoy my sandwich very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Don't leave your desk. Right. Okay. So, okay. I have many, many questions here, but I guess just going off of what you just said, if you've moved around so much and you mentioned, well, actually let's start here because you mentioned in your letter that part of what you think comes from being a third culture kid is that you in particular get itchy feet. You want to move around more than maybe an average person who was just born in the same country would feel that way. What is that like? Describe to me what actually you feel. Yeah. So I can spend like years, even planning, saving, putting all my ideas into, I'm going to move to this place and it's going to be awesome. I'm going to do all this incredible stuff and I'll get there. And I'm like, I love it, but also what's next? (laughs) (laughs) You know, some people might think it's a a bit of like an addiction to like moving on to the next thing. You're like, all right, well, I achieved my goal. Now what else? I can't stop. But you're like, wait, am I looking for what's the perfect place for me? Or do I just want to have more new experiences? I've also joked with people that I don't take vacations. I just move places I want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean for, say, your relationship with your family or your relationship with your friends? Okay. So my dad's also a third culture kid. He's French by birth, but was born in Indonesia. I'm not super clear on all the places he lived in his childhood, but his father was an engineer and moved the whole family. Like each one of his siblings was born in a different country. And my mom was the one who took her and I to Italy. So it was just kind of (laughs) born into it, I guess. Uh (laughs) And uh, my partner is also a third culture kid as well. He, um, has a Colombian parent and a Mexican parent born in the United States, but also spent some time in the Netherlands. Hmm. And there's just a certain amount of, I feel like, ease and understanding when conversing with other people who are third culture kids. Cause I, I'll mention like, oh, I'm gonna move to France. And somebody will be like, oh, humble brag. And I'm like, well, it's not really a brag. It's just like, if I said I was moving to Texas, you wouldn't say the same thing. It's just because it seems like special and interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, how do you decide where to go? Is it all passion based? Or I mean, how are you making a living? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I usually, at least in the past few years, it's been around education. So I had thought about where I wanted to go to university after finishing community college. And I was like, you know what? Hawaii seems great. And I applied, luckily have good grades got in no problem, had an excellent experience there. And there's no way I can afford a master's in the United States. Like I'm already in so much debt. 
And being a passport holder from an EU country gives me some freedom with not having to deal with visas in Europe. So I've just delved in deep for a search of what would fit what I wanted. And there are so many universities that are either like really inexpensive or free in Europe. So the university that I started to attend in Belgium was only like a thousand euros a year, which is unbelievably cheap. That's where where it brought me there. But sometimes it's just where I want to go to. Do you imagine that you'll ever settle anywhere? It's hard to say. I can like dream it. And then, you know, you'll be in a place for a little while and you're like, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe I can make a home base, but I don't know if I could like stay put. <laughs> yeah. You also mentioned that you're, uh, because of this, you don't get to see your best friend very often. Yeah. So I've known my friend Asia since I think it was freshman year of high school. She had just moved to California and thought no one would ever talk to her because she was from Ohio. <laughs> and we ended up moving from California And then separately moved to Arizona. So we got some really great time together then. But I can't even remember which year it was that I saw her last. She's in North Carolina. And we'll sometimes make plans, but life gets in the way. And then you're like, well, maybe next year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The pandemic hasn't helped at all. No, the pandemic has really put a kibosh on all the in-person meetings. Third culture kid. It's like one of those labels that gets put on you because you're a very unique community in how you are. I am the daughter of a pastor, a minister. And, and of course, the minute you say that, we call ourselves PKs. So you guys are TCKs, but PKs. <laughs> the minute you like mention that you're the daughter of a minister, assumptions are already upon you. As of such, whenever you meet another person who's a minister's kid, you have so much in common because you know this weird experience that most people do not know. What would be those assumptions that people put on you with that label outside the community or even inside the community? I would say in general, most people don't know what a third culture kid is. So when I talk about my past experiences, they assume that I was like a military brat or something like that. So that has its own stereotypes and connotations too. Mm -hmm. And I used to answer before I knew what it was that, oh, my, my mom just does what she wants. <laughs> that was my best answer. But yeah, within the community, I don't think there's a lot of stereotypes that we look at towards each other, but there's just general acceptance. No one's not third culture kid enough where some people might be like, well, I only lived one other place. And you're like, that's fine, you can too. It doesn't matter if you lived in 50 different places growing up or one place you're still a part of the community because you've seen and experienced things in such a different way than others. And it teaches you a lot of incredible things. I learned how to be independent super young, but you don't have like the same kinds of roots as somebody who grew up in the same spot. Like people who have best friends from kindergarten. No, I don't even know anybody who I knew from kindergarten, not even a little bit. Like I said, my oldest friend is from like high school. (laughs) Yeah. Do you wish that you had those kind of roots? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, it's hard to be like what could have had been like if I would have had a different experience. So I'm very grateful for what I do have. But yeah, it would be cool to have some of those places that you feel really tied to. But instead, I have several places that I feel like I know pretty well, (laughs) rather than have like deep roots in. So what are your spots besides Hawaii? 
I know you're okay, in Arizona so, now, what are your big spots? Yeah, so I do have a little bit of that here. I spent a good portion of my 20s here, so I got to be like an adult for the first time here. Southern California, I have that as well. Chicago, those places are really close to me. Um, and then outside of Lyon in France, I would say. Hmm, that's so cool. And maybe you don't know yet, but what's next for you? Before I met my boyfriend, I was plane ticket purchased, um, was moving to France. <laughs> and then we started seeing each other. And at one point I had to do the scary thing and be like, so um, I'm supposed to move to France in like two months. <laughs> and I don't really want to go without you. Like, would you be down? And he was for it. And we're like, okay, but we need a little more time to prepare because I'm very prepared, but this you've just heard of. So we're looking at about July this year to go. So we're just entering in all that fun process where the beginning planning has been going on, but the real stuff starts now applying for visas. I'm bringing my dog with us, which is a new experience for me, getting her paperwork all done. So we decided on Lyon. So that's where we're off to next. Well, that's exciting. And do you have to be a, a person who likes to plan to live this kind of lifestyle? Mm, I've seen people do it with very little planning. I would say I plan the essential parts and let other things kind of go as they may. It definitely helps if you plan because there will inevitably be things that come up that you would never imagine. As For as much as I research, when I got to Belgium, I was like, what do you mean I can't open a bank account? And they're like, well, you have to do this, 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 and this. And you're like, none of the websites say this. <laughs> so even if when you do great research, some of it, you just have to learn, you know, as you go along. One final question for you, I guess, for now. Uh, mm -hmm. Would you consider yourself an expat, that label? Or would you consider yourself a local? So I've considered that through all the episodes that you've talked about it. Uh -huh. And... I mean, it's tough to say. The argument I feel like that you guys have generally made is that an expat has the intention of leaving, but I feel like I go in with the intention of staying and then end up leaving. So, you know, I'm like trying to be an immigrant in some ways, but end up being an expat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. Well, is there anything else you want people to know about this before I let you go? Yeah, if people want to learn more about it, there's what's called the uh, Third Culture Kid Bible, which is called Third Culture Kids Growing Up Among Worlds. And that is written by Ruth E. Van Recken and Michael Pollock and David Pollock. So that would be the way to find out more. And if you are one and want to become part of the Third Culture Kid community, the group that I belong to, you can find on Instagram, TCK Global, all smushed together. Jay runs that page and she lets people in and we have discord and meetings. And I can't tell you how cool it is when you've spent so many Christmases alone to have people where you can join literally 24 hours around the clock to um, celebrate with. It's a really fun experience. That's really great. Thank you so much for writing to me and telling me about this. Honestly, you say people didn't know about it. I had never heard that term and I've been making this show for eight years. So yeah, that's why you. I was, <laughs> yeah, that's why when you said, well, we touched on it with the kids. I'm like, oh, it's a whole different thing when you're a kid experiencing it versus being an adult. Yeah. So I th hope it provides a little bit of a new perspective. 
Yes, and perhaps we'll have to actually convene some sort of whole panel of you guys and uh, put together a much more dramatic show. But thank you so much for introducing us to the concept. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure meeting you, Katie. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Do you have a topic you want us to explore? Send your requests. We love to hear what you want to know. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and contact us with your questions, your adventures, your observations, your favorite episodes. We love hearing from you. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. (laughs) 